Fuck, hold on. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck, man, fuck, dude. Hold on. Bro, you hold fucked on. up. I, you fucked up. I really did. This is so I, fucked up. Sorry, dude. Hold on. All right, let's take it again from let's the top. Take, okay, ready? <laughs> Three, two, one, go clap. All right? Three, two, one, go. <laughs> fuck, dude. Hold on. <laughs> it seems today that all you see are shitty Marvel movies and albums before Game of Three. But where are those underrated hidden gems that all our friends really like? Lucky that it's on the list. Lucky there's a pod that gets our friends on to chat about art that makes them laugh and cry. Welcome to It's On The List. Wow. Um, (laughs) so welcome to it's on the list a podcast about underrated albums and movies and all that bullshit uh i'm noah and i feel so fucked up right now i'm mason (laughs) i i i have i think uh contact feeling fucked up from that because i'm also like whoa brother um that song parody was not fresh from the mind of Noe Marger. No, no, no. <laughs> Obviously not from the mind of Noah Marger. Like, so far away from the mind of Noah Marger. Uh, folks, joining us for a, a brief moment here on the show. Breaking <laughs> yeah. the form. Yeah. One of our guests today <laughs> is an actor <laughs> and comedian who is one-fifth of the creative team behind the interactive live stream show Everything Now. He rudely barged onto the show and will only be staying briefly because he has to go to a haircut, and that is not a joke. Please welcome back to the show your favorite guy, Chris Chalakian. What's up, Chris? Hello. Hey, I wrote that song. You that did? Was yeah. Folks, folks, Chris isn't the only guest chef we have with us in the kitchen this week. No, no, no. Making her return to the show after a good uh, a, a good join us. She joined us in July. Dude. Fucked up. She joined us in August. We are um, so fucked up from doing that song. That song cursed me. Uh, You might know her uh, not only from her short film Revenge Angle Angels. (laughs) Fuck. I'm I'm all kinds of fucked up. You might you might know her from her short film Revenge Angels, available to watch on YouTube. You might also know her from her upcoming film Barbacoa. Or you might know her from her previous performance, her previous at-bat on our show. It's on the list where she brought on Sprinter and um, Jason Reitman's Young Adults. Folks, welcome back to the show. Marin Moreno is also with us this week. Woo! Snap, snap, snaps. Hi. What's up, Marin? So glad to be no, back. I don't know if you guys can see this, but it's very funny. I have grid view turned on on Same. my screen, and it looks like Marin and Chris are basically in the same building it does oh my god their walls are the same same color wall yeah yeah it really does it looks like same it looks like a like a like a jack and jill style room where it's like (laughs) like you guys have a bathroom (laughs) separating like wow that really is fucked actually to be honest with you so how are you guys doing today happy march happy spring happy march happy spring i'm happy to be here i'm so sorry for intruding on your episode Marin. i just i've been i thought you were gonna be here the whole time (laughs) this is an exit (laughs) yeah no i get i get why you'd think that i've been uh on noah and mason for a while now to bring me on and noah's sort of not great about it he's sort of (laughs) 
what he does sort of keeps mean? like not. He sort of is like, yeah, we'll figure out a time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so I kind of wanted to like really force it in, and I was like, look, I'll write a song, I'll do all this stuff. Like, I want to get back in, and I don't know, man. Maybe I just want a podcast. I don't know, but I missed you guys. I wanted to hop in and say Thanks, hello. Man. Yeah. Hey, buddy. I miss you too. I'm glad yeah. that uh, I got to see you again. It's been it's been a while. It's been a while, and I'm doing. I'm you know I'm slowly losing my mind out here, and just you know, still can't go outside. Don't have the shot yet. So fuck, man. Yeah, Do but you know I did. You can get one. I think in May. I think that's the plan. Okay. But I did uh, delete a lot of my like I got rid of my Twitter and all this other stuff, and that's been really nice. That is nice. And. Yeah, it's nice for me actually. Believe yeah. it or not, that you don't have a Twitter anymore. Because I would just send Noah really messed up, like mean things a lot, and I think it would bother him. <laughs> I, I think it would bother me too, actually, in yeah. a lot of ways. So yeah, yeah. But you've Mace, been telling us. Are you uh, are you on Twitter, Mason? No, I haven't been on Twitter since uh, around March 2017. It was wow. uh, the inauguration and early presidency of Donald Trump in the Twitter wow. climate on there, kind of. Uh, I've been off for a long time, and I'm every now and then, impressed. I do have a dra- I do have a note in my a running note in my phone of just things that I think are tweet ideas that I have mm. nowhere else to put except for. A I will text says. those to Mace to uh, Noah. I'll text those to okay. Noah when I have those. Yeah, you know that's how Larry King managed his Twitter account. He would just call a number, and he <laughs> would like write it down and then send them out as tweets. That's the ideal way to tweet, if you ask me. Wow, Marin, are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. I'm like kind of more of a passive observer on Twitter, though. I don't like. That's a good way to be. I don't really post anything terribly crazy. My like account is like semi-professional. Like I just follow like a lot of like kind of like DIY like horror shit, like women in horror shit. I just kind of like use it to like plug like my what I'm up to. I don't really shit post on it. But I follow people mm. who do, and I admire that. Like Noah, for instance. Yeah, I'm, like I'm a big fan instance, of yeah. Noah's Twitter. Honestly, I love Noah's Twitter. I like first, first person to ever say that. <laughs> first person to ever say that, and maybe ever, maybe ever. Who knows? Maybe they're like saying it, and like maybe like I have this like weird consortium in like Indonesia or somewhere that's like just like we're trying to decode like what an American is like, and we found this guy's <laughs> Twitter, and he's just talking about Family Guy and the Joker and podcast. So that must be what every American's like, and they're not wrong. I think they're not they're wrong, wrong, actually. Yeah. No. Noah's Chris, like you were mentioning Twitter to us. Voice, it cracked me up. It's crazy. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, before before my head swells to an enormous si- like a too big of a size from hearing that, Chris, you were telling us before that you have a new hobby. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, I'm getting addicted to sports gambling. That's right. <laughs> I guess I could talk about that. That is sort of the movie and album I listened to this week, which is I was watching <laughs> I was watching college basketball and losing money on that. But then I was like betting on like ping pong and stuff and I was managing Damn, to make dude. some money on that. So I've sort of hit a hit a neutral on like a balance mm. here. And as I was telling you guys earlier, I mean I don't see anywhere this could go but up personally. I just feel like yeah. Uh, it feels really good to do it. And suddenly when I'm not doing it, I feel anxious. Yeah. And I think <laughs> yeah. That's good because now I have a thing I can constantly be doing to not feel anxious. So it's like, now I don't need other, you know, Xanax or anything like that. Sure, I can just sure. like constantly be 
betting on like women's handball. Yeah, yeah. Here's uh, what I would suggest also. Maybe try to find 15 minutes just in your week where you can like go to an archery range or something. Geez, and bet really on anxious. that? And bet no, on No, no, no. Like art, like learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. Like find some other sort of outlet for this because, you know, I want you to feel happy, bud. Well, uh, if you want, want me to, to feel happy, then I'll stop your worries. I found it. It's sports <laughs> gambling. Okay. Yeah, well, you don't have to worry about it. What's the most you, fucked up type of bet that you've placed so far? Or are you mainly sticking to like the spread and stuff? I'm like trying to be cool, but obviously when I first got in and my uh, my pupils would dilate really heavy when I would look at the screen, I did bet on some like, as I was saying, like women's handball was a thing I bet on, which sure. was really bold. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. I lo- I mean, like Montenegro beat Sweden or something. I, I, hate, Norway. Hearing, I hate hearing that shit. Yeah. It's Montenegro <laughs> beat Sweden in the handball fucking yeah. tournament. Dude. So Fuck that, that cost me five bucks. But what's also nice is like, I am not a super rich man. So okay, I, sure. I don't, I don't have a ton of money to be betting on this. So okay. the most I could lose even if it's everything, is not that much. You know what I mean? So, so you're fine with losing everything. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. like the point. That's the point where we're at. I put I put a hundred dollars in it. It's in the website now. I don't know how to get that hundred back. So for all intents and purposes, it's already gone. Sure. And now I just use that hundred dollars. As I said, right now I'm up seventeen. I'm at one seventeen. Nice. But I have about forty five dollars in pending wagers here. And I was a little bolt. You know, actually, let me check on. What's the site that you're doing this through? This Who are you doing this This is his haircut through? that he's doing, by the way. Like, this, this is, is... <laughs> the Gonzaga Bulldogs, the women's NCAA basketball team, is down by three right now to the Belmont Bruins. Fuck. And that could really mess up a spread I got going. So I'm, sucks. I'm watching it uh, optimistically. Is this That's through, how... like, mybookie.ag or, like, who is it this is, through? It is through a website based in Costa Rica. I have a bookie okay. named Carla. I can call her on the phone. And she will explain to me how the website works, which was what my first call was. I said, hey, I don't actually understand. Like, what is this? There's like a casino section. I don't want the casino thing. And they're like, you just have that. That's that's money if you want it. (laughs) Okay, you know, maybe. So it seems like they're trying to get me addicted to casino stuff. But luckily, I went. They gave me 25 free dollars in casino money. Nice. And I went to the, the virtual casino. And I started playing blackjack. And I didn't realize that. Uh, I bet what I thought was six cents, but I was actually betting six dollars. Okay. And so mm. In, in uh, four hands, I just went bankrupt, and I was like, "Okay, easy come, easy go." And then I got out of the casino, and I think I messed up in a way that didn't allow me to become addicted to casino gambling. Which right. maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. Who's to say? And uh, yeah, now I'm just sticking strictly to. I try to to be disciplined and just bet on soccer, basketball, and hockey because those are the things I actually know enough where I'm like, I don't think this is just like, I don't know, the odds say this Russian ping pong player is going to win. So let me, you know, let me ride the, let me see what happens here. So, but sometimes I do bet on like a table tennis thing and, you know, maybe it's not the thing to do awesome it's so cool to see the burgeoning uh like start of addiction yeah where you're, like putting like parameters and everything yeah so you're like well i do this weird bullshit but i don't do that other weird bullshit because but that's outside the parameters. <laughs> <laughs> but then sometimes you break it because you have an addiction so yeah it's fine actually anyway, uh well uh, should i leave off that no i'll <laughs> say one more thing yeah uh, 
I was, should I make a movie this summer? What do you guys think? Is that, is that in bad taste? With- <laughs> <laughs> should you make a movie? You mean, are, when on- you say make a movie, do you mean finish a movie, wink, wink? Or do you mean actually start from scratch? No, it's not. That, that movie that I once promoted on this show, I think, is actually gone and will never exist. That and sucks no. so bad. Forget it, forget it ever was there. And sorry, that was a beautiful scene by Noah that has basically <laughs> been... You know how old silent movies were converted into like bullets in the war? Yep. Think about think about it in that way. It's gone. It's mm-hmm. being con- no. it's being converted it's, into a casino chip yeah, that you will later use. Hey, I was not the editor or producer or anything of that movie, so I will not take the blame on that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it is it is gone. It does not exist anymore. That Forget sucks. that ever happened. <laughs> okay. So should I make my own instead of just you know hoping that someone will finish the movie should i make my own movie this summer or is it with covid and everything is it like hey not the time let's wait a little bit what, what, what do we all think here mason you want to take that one first or Marin? um Marin. yeah Marin had an idea first yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because i your actually because i like i shot something during covid granted it's not as bad up here like in washington state and like it was only mm. three of us and it was just me, the other yeah. actor, and the cinematographer, and, like, everybody, like, masked up when they, like, weren't, like, on screen. And, like, when I was on screen together with the other character, we were sitting really far away from each other. And it was a silent film, so we really, like, we got just, like, random-ass, like, noises happening, but we didn't have to worry about, like, recording, like, dialogue, you know? So... It was pretty safe. It was, like, all outdoors, and, like, the scene was, like, me and the other girl in it, like... I, like, rip apart this condom and we both, like, grab some of the latex and, like, do, like, some crazy, like, tongue language with each other. Chris, that's what you were oh. planning on doing, though, right? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't... did have that exact scene in my movie. Yeah, don't so I will, rip me off, motherfucker. But, uh... Well, yeah, that, that to me is, like, a really great thing to shoot during quarantine. Like, that's a great example of, like, how you can stay active during this and, like, still be putting something together. My thing was, like, it was supposed to be a feature film and it's supposed to have a lot of people in it. And <laughs> Oh, uh, don't do it. Don't do it. No, no. Yeah, that's just a full no on shooting in like July. I would say a no on shooting. I think you could do a lot of pre-pro work. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. This. And yeah. when when in your mind is the pro? When when so, do we when do we get into do the pro? Like Mike Lee style, baby. You spend two years making a movie. Like you know, you got your <laughs> actors, you got your script, and then you shoot it in like three months whenever you can figure out a window or something, mm. or like a month whenever here's, you can figure here's out what a window I'll or say. something. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. There's no okay, there's no way to know exactly what the levels as far as infection rate and who's going to be like how many people are going to be vaccinated or whatever like in that time like we just don't know for sure because you're talking about june or july right that's what you're yeah, talking yeah. about Chris. that's my that's my frame and no, i was thinking too is if even, if yeah. if everybody on the set is vaccinated while it won't necessarily reduce spread it will greatly decrease the chances but maybe i'm just what do i know i'm not a scientist i think that I don't know if, a, I, first of all, a feature is just like an insane thing to try to do right yeah, now. Yeah, don't think about anyway. that part. Yeah. Don't think about that part. Don't think I, about that part. I think, here's what I think. I think depending on the situation in a couple months, depending on where we're at, I would say if your people are all vaccinated, you know, I think that there is some merit to trying to do something. I don't want to okay. say that doing a feature is like the thing to do in a couple months, but I do think like that Like a heavily if, produced multi, like a 
ensemble cast. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know if you should have everyone coming in and out of Caesar's Palace and everything. Like, I'm not saying, like, maybe do that, but, you know, it depends on what it is. I don't know. I don't think it's completely out of the question, but I also don't think that, like, you should, like, put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Ah, uh, okay. So I would say well, I also on. have this second basket that is my sports gambling. So that can be the thing. I <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You want to distribute the eggs evenly in that sense. But yeah, uh, we know you have a haircut to get to, which is cool. I should get out of here. Yeah. So, hey, Marin, how do you know Noah? And, uh... <laughs> Good question. Great they, question, um, Chris. They know me through the Internet, actually. I don't know. how. Oh, my... wow. Yeah, no. I'm in a movie group on Facebook with Mason. And uh, I'm really cool yeah. and funny on there. And uh, now we're. Wow. I, now we're had, I was friends. just discussing the purging mm-hmm. of my social media platforms, but that would be a cool place to be if I was still there. I went to college with Noah. <laughs> Noah and I were in college together. We didn't really talk when I was in college, to be honest, but somehow in the like last couple of years, we've sort of become, we're like in, we sort of are friends now, I guess. Is Chris, yeah, we're working Chris on was, it. <laughs> Chris is the penultimate guest of the LA days of this podcast. That's true. Oh, wow. Person at my apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We anyway. go, Chris and I go way back. 2019 mostly is when we started being friends. So way back. Yeah, way back. Yeah. This was good. I had a great time doing this. This made me a little anxious, so I'm going to maybe go make a couple bets on something to make that feeling go away. Uh, cool. okay. <laughs> have a great time, everybody. I'm going to go get a haircut. Much All right. Fun. Anything you want to plug right. before you go? Evidently, no. I think, <laughs> I think no projects in the works. Great. I'm, not, I'm not being that guy. I'm being super good, so no projects in the works. Bye, everybody. Take Bye. care. Yeah. Bye, Chris. Thanks for stopping Bye. by. Yeah, fuck, dude. For his motion picture, Ocean sixty nine. <laughs> oh, sixty nine four twenty. Let's fucking hey, do it, baby. Marin. Oh, that is. Can we end the show? <laughs> for God's <laughs> sakes, it's fucking exhausting having that stupid guy on here. But I love him. What can I say? I think he's great. This like um, this isn't like a like a shady question or anything. But like, was he like in character for some of that, or is that like him? <laughs> I am really feeling uh, like we're about we this podcast in particular is going to be responsible for Chris Chalaki making some bad decisions. <laughs> so I think that we maybe need to keep an eye on that fella and make sure that he is doing a okay from this point on because that was. <laughs> That was a little too intense for me. Uh, <laughs> Here's what I'll say. I'll answer that question. Yes and no. Because the, the, the oh, gambling okay. thing, I was like, is the joke that, like, I thought he was going to start getting more detailed. And I'd be like, oh, is the joke that he's, like, Howard Ratner from, like, Uncut Gems? He's, like, going to start saying more and more specific things about, like, sports gambling. So I just kind of started zoning out. When he was, I was just like, <laughs> is this, like, real or fake? Is he, like, trolling? I don't know because I don't know him. But, um. So the sports betting is the actual, like, him talking about sports betting, that is not a troll. He actually is doing that. Like, that is actually, like, a part of his life now, apparently. (laughs) Uh, I I don't know to, like... What degree? When he was saying, when he was, I don't know. I want to keep it mystery. I want to keep him like an Andy Kaufman esque figure if we can. Okay, I I won't keep it. Yeah, I won't ask anymore. That was just that was very disorienting. We are really yeah, uh, clearing the form. So yeah, the bad. Right now I feel so insane having done the Family Guy song parody and having my friend Chris come on the show. Before we actually dive into talking about the movie, I did want to ask one question to you guys, and I can't believe that now we're going to do a hard pivot into this. But 
Do you guys like the restaurant Red Robin? Have you guys I've ever never been? been to Red I've Robin? never been either. Never been. They're the place that they Fuck. give you like all the like the endless fries, though. That's like their their appeal, right? That's like their that's like their thing is well you it's not like you can just walk in and get the fries you have to like get a fucking meal and then be like yeah can I actually yeah, it's get not like the getting fries. peanuts out of Five Guys there's not just a big old trough of fries that are <laughs> which would be the sick like don't get me wrong yeah. <laughs> the fry just head just immediately in the fucking fry trough um, I was just thinking about it earlier that's like that's like a secret shame of mine that I love Red Robin so. Really oh, wanted okay. maybe some some folks out there, you guys maybe to be like, yes, I love Red Robin. Yes, go Noah, go you. I don't Red know Robin if this good. one. So the this is the only so my Red Robin story. I've never been there, like I said, but Red Robin is more or less responsible for my cousin Allison having a tattoo. <laughs> what? <laughs> you gotta go off on that. So my cousin Allison uh, was going on a trip to Spain. Uh, when she was in college, I think like a semester or a couple weeks or something in there. I don't know. It was something she was doing and she was very excited and she wanted to, um, I think, I don't know if they knew ahead of time that they were going to get a, a tattoo there or it was in the conversation or something, but basically they get to Spain and, um, you know, they realize that there's this, like this, this, this clock tower in the town that they're staying in. That's like, you know, where they would meet up before class or whatever. And it becomes this like symbol and they want to get it on their bodies, you know? And they want to get it actually in Spain and, you know, they're WhatsApping with my aunt or something. And she's like, oh, I don't know how, you know, uh, it's in another country. I don't know. They're like kind of standards for cleanliness. I don't feel that strong about it. And then she remembers that uh, before they went on this trip, uh, Allison went to the restaurant Red Robin and got some food. And apparently there was a food safety issue of some kind that necess necessitated hepatitis B shots getting administered <laughs> to my cousin kidding? Allison. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on, really? And because she got this, like, shot or whatever, these rounds of shots, it was like, wait a minute. I can definitely get a needle put on me in a foreign country for this tattoo. That so is that's so how... fucked up that you went to a Red Robin that had to get a hep B. You say hep B? Is that what you said? It was like, a, I think it was a hep B or hep C shot. Yeah. God she damn. had to get a, she didn't get, she didn't get sick, but it was like, there's apparently that was happening at, at either that Red Robin or a similar or like just in the chain or something. And so she got that shot, and then she got a tattoo. Well, listen, I have many cherished memories at Red Robin, so I'm not here for the slander. I'm not here for the health yeah, problems. Sorry. I will say, though, one time, the worst experience I ever had at a Red Robin was I went there on my birthday in college because I loved that place, and I had a couple friends come with me, and they, like, couldn't give us silverware for the, for the first, like, 40 what? minutes that they were there because they, like, kept claiming that it was, quote, all dirty. And that was so not chill by me. That was so, like, not cool by me. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, that all of the silverware at this Red Robin is dirty and you can't have any. And they're like, it's yeah. fine. It's cool. So. There'll be no silverware at our, at, it's on the list, uh, it's on the menu, our, our new <laughs> pop-up, because it'll all be dirty and we'll have to keep, keep, be keeping it clean. Yeah, it's uh, a hands-only type place, so that's yeah. cool. Uh, Marin, you want to talk about the movie and the fucking album? Is that what you came here to do? Because that's what I came here to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, I'm alright talking about, like, Hep C shots, but, uh, yeah. 
I'm just not emotionally prepared for like this past like 20 minutes that has happened. This is a very like <laughs> <you> do something? <laughs> this is like this is like it's on the list like the like the Halloween episode or something. Like this has been a creepy, just disorienting episode so far where it's like, ooh, backwards town. Like it. <laughs> yeah. You still need to decompress a little bit from uh, Chris Trelocking coming in and just completely, completely <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking everything up for everyone. Yeah, we're like, doing our Halloween episode in March, so that's cool. Yeah, I mean that makes it like even more like backwards town, you know? Because I'm just also reeling from like I thought like I would have like a fourth person here, and he's like, no, never mind. <laughs> I'm just gonna like. <laughs> Say this like weird, creepy story about like gambling and like just vibe for a second, then see ya. And so I'm just like, cool. I mean, I can carry this episode with you guys. I am up for the challenge. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Thanks. Well, we that's what, what we need you to do. By, what are you drinking, by the way? What's oh, your beverage of choice? It's good. Today? It's like this like little sparkly like apple cider vinegar thing from Trader Joe. Uh, it's like ginger lemon. It's like from Trader Joe mm. himself. Yeah, you know he made it special Fuck, just dude. for me. You know, damn Hell dude. Yeah, dude, that rocks. It's Mason, what's good. your bev choice? You got a bev? Uh, I I just got my little. I just got my water bottle. Yeah, yeah. I just got. I'm rocking the water today too. Oh damn, that's what I got. Boring. Yeah, not fancy. Not fancy. Boys, uh, no. not not cool, but also I don't know. Maybe keeping me alive. Did you ever fucking consider that? True. So that's just something True. to think about. Uh, Marin, we want to start with the movie today, which is a little fucked up and backwards, too, so <laughs> that's not a joke either. We actually do want to start with the movie, so can we do that? Can we start with the movie today? Yeah, sure. I'm down for whatever. Clearly, because you've already endured yeah. so much doing this show. <laughs> well, let's do the movie then. Uh, this is a Noah pick. It's from 2017. You know it. You love it. You've definitely seen it. Uh, Coconata's Columbus. Let's go snap, 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 snap. Uh, Mason, this was also on your list to cover on the show at yes. some point, correct? Yes. And you know what I got? Oh, oh the Blu-ray. Oh, yes. Damn. What is that on the cover? What part of the town it's, is that? Um, I think it's at the library, but it's that like kind of – it's the building – it's spoilers for the movie. It's the building at the end where he's like, I think this is the one my father was talking about. The one where they're oh, kind of yeah. just like, they keep cutting to the, it, the, like the angles, not quite touching, you know, I don't know if it's the library or what, but it's not a building that Haley Lou Richardson likes a lot, but it's, Oh yeah. It's, it's in the teens, evocative. late teens, early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but. but what is your history with this mace? Uh, I remember watching Koganada essays in college, um, cause that was big in the time where it was like every frame of painting and that, like that kind of era yeah. of YouTube essays and Koganada was always the one that was a little more experimental and cool. Uh, and I didn't see this movie until it was on Hulu and that would have been, I think, January of 2018. Uh, it had been on my radar ahead of time, um, but I didn't get a chance to see it until it had been streaming. And I watched it at home on my parents' big TV on Hulu uh, by myself, and I was very moved by it. Uh, my sister came down and watched a couple minutes of it with me, and she, she got bored and left. Fuck. Not a sister movie, Damn. but it was a big Mason movie, and it was on my list because I liked it a lot. But Marin, 
You had not seen this before. No, I um actually like Mason, like he reached out to me and I was like, oh yeah, like I love like Xenia, but like I've like never heard of this movie before. And he was like, well, it's on your letterbox watch list. So I was like, I guess I had heard about this movie at some point. Listen, that is so not cool. That is so like shitty. Well, it's on your letterbox watch list, you stupid Listen, fuck. someone can point out a movie that's in my letterbox watch list that I have no idea about. That thing is deep. Yeah, well, because sometimes I'll like do it really absentmindedly because i like i like reading my friends yeah. reviews you know and sometimes like a friend will say something really funny or really profound and i'll be like damn i gotta check that out like boom on my watch list but to be fair like it's a very kind of like vague like not like special name and the poster yeah. is very minimalist yeah. so it's like easy to like it's easy to forget not the movie itself the movie was very lovely but like the whole kind of image of it, like, once I, like, went on the page and, like, read, like, the basic synopsis, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. But just, like, saying, like, the name, like, yeah. Columbus, I was like, what? What is that? Like, it did not. Damn. It is, like, it does, it is, like, kind of in a movie that just makes you exhale, you know? Like, yeah. Columbus, you know? Yeah, <laughs> no. That's just, I don't mean that in a bad way, though. That's what it's, that's, like, kind of, I think, I don't mean it in a bad way, though trying to say but i didn't think you meant it in a bad way i just thought that was cute i just thought it was kind of cute that you said that mason (laughs) okay um i'm gonna tell you what i my history with this movie now ready uh i took a class in college called you guessed it korean cinema today that was the name of the Mm. class i want to take that that was i think i've well, you actually don't because it was awful. It was really <laughs> shitty and terrible. And it Noah was doesn't like this class. Truly, <laughs> one of like my top, like bottom five least favorite classes I took in college. Noted. Uh, most, yeah, noted. So yeah, you do not want to take this class. Um, mostly, it was a bad combination of the films that we actually watched and the professor's like ability to be. I guess entertaining or be interesting, I guess, for lack of a better term, just extremely dry. The movie selection was weird because it wasn't like the hits of Korean cinema. It was like, what are Korean people watching in South Korea today? That was the point of the class. Mm, So very much academic, very much like, let's look at like how Korean cinema and American cinema are paralleled. And it's kind of interesting, but I promise you at the time, not interesting. And we only watched, in my opinion, like two really heavy hitters in that class. We opened the class with Memories of Murder, which, which great, movie. Uh, great movie. I was so, that may have been one of the hungriest I've ever been <laughs> in my entire life watching that movie because I, it was like the first day of the semester. I like didn't plan out my meals like accordingly. And it was a three hour class. So I like came into the class hungry and like left the class like like starving and so i like barely Mm. remember anything that happened in memories of murder so i'm very much due for a rewatch and then we ended with the handmaiden and the handmaiden is truly fantastic just like so fucking that one's on the list i need to watch it oh you will love the handmaiden Handmaiden. that's a big marin movie i can't wait for you to watch that movie actually move that to the top of your like list that is gonna be huge i think i think you're gonna dig that but nonetheless for the final project in that class we had to write a paper about five other Korean films that we had not covered in the class. And so I wrote my essay about the following. Spring, Summer, Winter, Fall, and Spring by Kim Ki-duk. Have either of you seen that or seen a Kim Ki-duk movie? I don't believe so. No. 
can't fully recommend it, to be honest with you. A little chew, a little boring on that one. <laughs> uh, Mason, you've definitely seen this one. The Day He Arrives by Hong Sang-soo. That was my first touch of Hong Sang-soo. Mm. Uh, I like that movie, actually. It was good. I like that movie a lot. It was yeah, good. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Hongs. That's one that, like, if I'm just, sometimes I'm laying in bed and I will just get a black and white flash of just, like, the sign of the restaurant. And I'm like, damn, I like that movie a lot. <laughs> damn, that Hong Sang-soo guy, that motherfucker is good. <laughs> that is what yeah. you are laying in bed thinking about uh then i checked out old boy had never seen old boy before so i had to see it uh technically didn't watch this next one for the assignment but i had seen the host by bong joon ho uh enough recently enough to remember it and not have to go back and watch it so i'm like i'm just gonna throw the host in that was a classic i love doing that move in college (laughs) it is such a good move to be like oh i guess i'll just throw that thing in that i saw anyway and then, of course, I watched Columbus by Koganada because it had just come out. It was on Hulu. I had never heard of it really, like, until around that time. And it just, like, really was awesome. Like, it just really yeah. was awesome, especially in the context of these other Korean movies, which I wasn't as hot on. The host is very fun, but a lot of them I just found not very interesting at the time. Maybe I'd feel differently now. But this movie is, like just so intense in like the best possible way and just feels so cathartic. It just kind of feels like that. Like you've been crying the entire movie. Like that's like very cathartic. I feel like, so that's my history with this. I wanted to watch it again, uh, for this pod. And now we're here. Yay. Yay! Yay! We're here. We made it to the movie, guys. We finally we, uh, made it to a movie or an album on this episode. Thank fucking God. Uh, I'm going to ask Marin first uh, because she is our guest. Marin, what do you like about this movie? You know, that's that's hard because I like a lot about it. Like, I really came yeah. in with, like, no expectations, didn't watch the trailer, like, didn't really read anything, like, past the, uh, the letterbox kind of synopsis, which I, like, didn't even really read correctly, I guess, because I read it and I was under the impression that like it was the Haley Lou Richardson character that was like stuck in some town and then like meets like the John Cho character. I don't know why I thought that, but then it was mm. happening and then I was like, oh, why did I like read that from the synopsis? Anyways, this is like one of those movies that like really makes me miss like going to the movies because totally. I feel like it's one of those yeah. movies that like you go see it kind of like your local art house cinema with a friend and then you just like go get dinner and like talk about it and just be like damn because it's such just like yeah it's a slow like talky one where it's like it was a pleasure to like watch it home but I'm like damn I wish I like saw that like on the big screen where I could really just kind of like revel in like all those like big shots of the buildings and it was just like kind of really long slow conversations so I was really pleased with it. It was one of those casts where, like, people kept appearing. And I was like, ah, like, Parker Posey. Like, oh. Like, like, oh, my God. Like, Rory Culkin, the hottest of all the Culkin brothers. I love him. I've been in love with him since Electric (laughs) Children. Do you remember? Like, did you guys, like, watch that movie, like, on Netflix? I've never seen that. I didn't watch Electric Children, no. It's so good. That, if I come back with my own picks, Electric Children would be an excellent movie for me to talk about because I love it. And I feel like that's one where it was like an early like Netflix movie. Like there was like kind of a very like select few like newer indie movies on there for a while. And like Mm, Electric Children was one of them. And Rory Culkin was great in this just like sexy like skater boy. And then like in this movie, he's like, (laughs) 
this like snivelly like dorky like i'm bookish and you're bookish like type of guy but i'm like mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love, I love Still a guy telling it, another person that they're bookish. I love, I'm yeah. bookish because no. you're bookish and we're bookish together. Don't you fucking understand, Haley Richardson? Um, I forgot when you were telling us beforehand, like, because I only watched this yesterday and you watched it before Mason and I. I had forgotten that he was in the movie completely, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. He is not in the movie a ton, but he's, like, very prominent in the beginning of the movie. And I had completely forgotten about his character's existence at all. And he's good in this movie. No. I don't really think about Rory Culkin, like, ever, to be totally honest with you. But he's good in this. He's very – he's small but mighty, I would say. Definitely. And I feel like his one – like, he only has, like, that one scene in the second half of the film. And it's pretty, like, kind of – it recontextualizes his character in like the really fun way where you like see them like you know they're like smoking cigarettes and bantering and he kind of tells her like oh like I don't really smoke you know like I just stand out here to like hang out with you you know because I like being around yeah. you and I like have yeah. a little thing for you and it kind of just like makes the character just like seem like this little boy all of a sudden when before it's like they're almost like kind of sparring and he's all like I'm an intellectual, like, I have a master's degree, like, I run around in circles in these conversations and have these kind of, like, philosophical yeah, yeah, ideas. Yeah, he's really into marginalia. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, it, There and was this teacher that I had in high school who, like, this guy sucks so bad. <laughs> this guy was just so lame. He, like, very much professed that he's, like, I'm an expert in the dead white guys. Like he was like very much like that kind of guy. I I remember that he like came into like, like they didn't call it gym because I like the school was so small and like arts focused. They just called it fitness. They called it fitness and movement. And I remember he came into the class to teach us swing dancing with his wife. He and his wife, who did not oh teach at the God. school, came in and taught us swing dancing and like walked around and like like didn't like touch our legs to like like reshape what we were doing but was like yeah you guys like he was like really getting into it like while we were like practicing swing dancing and stuff and so <laughs> not oh, a fan dear. of this guy but i remember him being like yeah one of the reasons i love my wife so much is because we just can go back and forth at it so much and i'm like that is a very particular like type of dude who like wants to like spar with his words like with like the girl and like you see i think a little bit of that in rory culkin's character but not enough to the point where you're uh teaching high school lit cop <laughs> in the <laughs> suburbs of portland oregon professing that you only teach dead white guys so uh just made me think of my my favorite teacher in high school <laughs> for lack of a better term when he's on screen but he's cute but he's not really in the movie that much no 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 Bad. no john cho though this was the he's first also time. very cute it's not like we are lacking for cuties in this movie. This is a very cute. Everyone is movie. cute. Yeah. Every Everyone's single person cute. is cute. But this is the movie that made me like realize like John Cho is a great actor because I had only seen I him love, in yeah. like Harold and Kumar type stuff and like bit parts and stuff. Like I had never really seen him in like a leading performance before. And I was very impressed with his performance the first time around. And I still am impressed with his performance this time around. And it also introduced me to Haley Lou Richardson, yeah. who is like one of my favorite like young actors now. So I love her. She's so good. What else is she in? Have you guys Support seen Unpregnant? Unpregnant, so good. I've not I seen Unpregnant. I haven't seen friends. either of those. Actually. I might have to like look it up because I would be really embarrassed if I'm... she is one of the leads yeah if... in in good good because yeah. I was like, yeah, you got it right. I was looking her up before the show just to make sure that I was like. 
familiar okay, with her. Okay, good. Like, I was worried. Career, but, and that's her most recent that thing. I'd just yeah. be, like, confusing no. her with some other just, like, cute little white girl. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I gotta watch her and I'm, I'm pregnant. And then it's like, oh, no. It's like <laughs> the, like, the well, girl. No, that was yeah, you go on H- <laughs> you turn on HBO Max and suddenly Haley Lou Richardson is in Tom and Jerry <laughs> and Chloe uh, <laughs> Grace Moretz is in Columbus. And you're like, what just happened? Dude, I don't know. Down. Is Chloe, do we like Chloe Grace Moretz still? Do people still like her? Because I like her as an actor. I think she's. I like her just. What fine. has she I like been her up when, to besides Tom and Jerry? I liked her in Miseducation of Cameron Post. I thought she was pretty good in that. Uh, oh, she was really good in Clouds of Sea Maria, kind of playing like a, a, a heightened version of herself. Yeah, dude, no one's seen those. And by no one, yeah, I mean I me. Know. I have not seen either of them. I like. I know uh, what both of those are. Either. I haven't seen them either, though. Because um, what's it? The Clouds gotcha. of Sea Maria. Like that's the director of um, what's it called? Personal Shopper, which is like. That was like a sexy yeah. Yeah, ass Olivia, movie. Yeah, Olivia Yasayas. That is like Kristen Stewart. Personal like, shopper rocks. Yeah, like doing like her like James Dean thing, like jerking off to a ghost. Like, mm-hmm. mm, yes. What? Is that what yeah. happens in that movie? Yeah, she's like masturbating really cool. in like her boss's like bedroom and like talking to a ghost. It's very hot. If you like, if you like Kristen Stewart and she's very brooding, very James Dean, it's a sexy movie. I'm pretty sure that's the same director, but yeah. I haven't seen either. Oh, I I think I've heard. I well, that it's crazy because I saw that, and then doesn't the boss like come in and go like, "Oh, didn't have this on my 2020 bingo card when he when he walks in, right?" Like that's that movie because I've seen that clip. If if not, he goes, "Uh oh, oh yikes!" Just like fucking like, whoa, 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 just with this collar. You don't see, you don't see this every day. Just like some bullshit. Um, We should talk about the things in this movie that are not the actors, though, because this movie is very stark. This movie is very, like, it just, I don't feel like it just doesn't leave your brain the way that it's shot. It's like every single moment is, like, an opportunity for visual beauty with the way that this is, like, composed. Marin, I'm curious now, you having seen the movie and this is your first time, you know, not knowing anything about it. What did you think of the way that it was shot and the way that everything is composed? What were you what were your thoughts on that? It took like a little bit of easing into because I do like love some experimental cinematography, but there's like cinematography that's like kind of weird and different that like makes you like sure. very aware of its choppiness, you know, where you can't like step outside of the form, you can't like melt into the movie because mm-hmm. it's so just like jerky sure. and weird and either too tight or too far away. And I was kind of feeling that when I was easing into the movie, but then it got to the point, like, one of my favorite um, scenes was the um, conversation between Jong Cho's character and his dad's um, personal assistant. I think that's what she was. Like, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Where um, he's in the, they're in the mirror, you know? And it's, like, just, like, the yeah, bedroom. it's a reflection yes. of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's this very, like, static shot for, like, a long time. And that one just blew me away because it took, like, the scene ending for me to kind of, like, take in, like, how, like, unconventional it was. Because I was so, like, engrossed in, like, what was happening and this kind of, like, back and forth between them that it took, like, an ending and being like, oh, wow, that was, like, really different and cool and really, like, made me feel, like, really voyeuristic on their conversation. And I just... Totally. I really Mm -hmm. loved that. And then, like... Uh, yeah as the movie progressed like that was great i just love like all like the long scenes of just them like bopping around town and like talking about the buildings 
you know, and how the buildings would just, like, be, like, so huge, and, like, there were a lot of shots where it's, like, you know, the people were, like, so small, and the building was the focus, and they're just, like, this one's my favorite, or I like this one, and, like, the history was genuinely interesting. I imagine that it's true. It'd be weird if they, like, made up a bunch of shit, but it was honestly, like, I enjoyed, like, learning about the buildings from, like, Haley Lou Richardson's character. Yeah. The, the, uh, I, I have a usually a hard time in movies when I feel like things are meandering. And I think this movie does a really nice job of not feeling meandering in a lot of those scenes. There are a lot of scenes where we are just going and looking at architecture. We are going and like getting the lowdown on certain buildings. But it feels like in every scene we are approaching a conflict or learning something about each character. So there doesn't ever feel like, to me, a wasted moment in this movie. I always feel like we're learning something new about the characters, or there is a conflict that we are having. Specifically, I'm thinking about the confrontation between her and John Cho uh, in that tunnel at the park. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think does a really nice job of revealing information, and then later in the scene, having them deal with a conflict between the two of them. So... I think the writing is, you know, although that's maybe not the first thing you think of in this movie, I think Koganada did an amazing job with the script because I really feel like all of those moments feel freshly squeezed. Like, it feels like all that they, you could get out of those scenes was gotten out of those scenes. It doesn't feel wasted to me. I think it's cool. No, totally. I completely agree. I think that, like, yeah, the conversations, like, sometimes it seems like kind of they're just talking about the buildings or just, like, vibing, but it's, like, the emotional, like, underpinnings that, like, keep it, like, really, really engrossing. And these characters, like, anytime I saw something that, like, gave me pause, like, they would, like, come back to it later. Like, I remember, like, they showed a shot of her, like, looking at her, like, old-ass cell phone, and I was like, oh, it's just, like taking place right now are they like trying to like make this like kind of timeless you know and then like 10 minutes later in the movie like John chose all like what's with like the dumb phone you know and they like acknowledge it I'm like oh like interesting because you're kind of sort of getting a feel and a lot of like indie movies really do like kind of try to achieve that like it's right now but it's timeless we're not gonna like talk about technology or gonna talk about like technology too much and like be like really tacky about it so everything that happened like it, it kind of like authentically was like brought up and like shit was like the mom, you know, something that um I don't know if I want to get super in depth in it right now because I saw it's kind of like a connection with like the Zenia like Rubino's like album that we're like gonna be talking about. But I love just like how um the movie would linger on like domestic labors in ways that were kind of like unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like in the hotel, like they like the shot like really lingered oh, sure. on like people cleaning people going into the hotel mm-hmm. room to clean it, like, long shots of, like, her, like, gazing at the building and, like, all, like, the janitors are on it. Like, I don't know. It just made me think about, like, Mexican Chef, yeah. the song, and, like, all, like, the kind of, like, invisible laborers. And I was like, ah, that's the tie between, like, the two things. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I love that. I love that you pointed that out. Um, this is a movie that I really love because it's, of course, like, it's very indebted to, like, this movie, watching this early in 2018, like, really kicked me off into getting really, like, watching much more, like, kind of Asian cinema and Asian-American cinema, like, around. Um, then that's when I got into, you know, Hong sang Soo and started watching a lot of Ozu movies and just, like, really kind of feeling, like, just kind of, like, one thing I like about uh, Asian cinema and Asian filmmakers, at least in the movies that I've watched, aside from your, like, you know, your Bong Joon-ho's and your kind of more, like, genre stuff is this just feeling of just, like, people, like, existing and passing through time and just, like, kind of, 
like on the cover of like on the cover of this movie here, like just <laughs> almost <laughs> touching, but not quite. And then going off in their separate. And then going in their separate. Blu-ray flex is so fucked, dude. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing. You gotta flex the Blu-rays. No, but I love that this is a movie that's about like just two people who, um, are like reflect it, like reflect each other in each other, you know, reflect each other in themselves, basically. And I love that it's just like kind of capturing this moment where these two people are in the same place at the same time for only this period. You know, it it makes me just feel like. I watched this movie and I was just like kind of just taken back by just like how modest and how slow and how like um, lovely and how much life it had in it. Um, it's, it's a brief beautiful. encounter, Mason. It's it another is, fucking brief encounter it's movie. Another brief encounter. Thank you for pointing it out. And I like that this is a brief encounter where there's no uh, there's there's a romance that is of course they mention it because these are two uh, people and they have some kind of chemistry with each other. But I like that there's no like kind of romance or force like you know, romance between these two that they just like kind of have a nice friendship. And then I think they fuck, don't they? Like that's romance. I don't think so. No, like I I feel like there's like attraction, but it's like a friendship with attraction, like versus like a romance. Yeah. I never, I don't think that like, I don't, I don't get the uh, sense that when like she's in his hotel room at the end, that it implies that they fucked. Really? I've always read that as, oh, they just fucked. No, I think that because he's still in his, I think he's, he's still in his clothes in the chair there. I think he passed out and like, she was just, as far as I can tell, she was also fully clothed. Yeah. Like like her whole, like her whole outfit. And like, cause that's after like he, she takes her, she takes, uh, I can't talk. After they go to her old high school, you know, and, like, she's, yes. like, super drunk, you know. So I got the sense that, like, they just kind of, like, went home together and she, like, passed out on the couch. There wasn't, like, a sort that of... That makes sense. There wasn't sort of, like, a sexy kind of, like, lingering, like, yeah. vibe yeah. to whatever. I also realized, like, we haven't, like, really, like, said what the premise of this movie was. So... <laughs> oh, no, really? Yeah, because yeah, I'm just, like, okay, if you've, like, already seen this film, like, this is all just, like, very, like, sort of, like, mm, yes, but, like, if you, like, haven't seen Columbus, you're probably very confused right now. A little lost, yeah. <laughs> what would you yeah. say the premise of the movie is? Me? Oh. Yeah, you! Me, but, um... <laughs> <laughs> I, well, it's about, like, this famous kind of architect, you know, that falls ill suddenly um right before he's supposed to give a talk in a town that's known for its famous like uh, modern architecture and his son comes into town to deal with this kind of family emergency sort of tentatively you get the sense that like they're not like very close and through happenstance he meets this young woman who is really passionate about the architecture in town and kind of in this transitional part in her life where she graduated high school and she's working in a library and she's kind of getting pushed and pulled in different directions. People are telling her she's not ambitious enough. People are like, she's like, feels like this, like kind of like duty to like take care of her mom. And so these two characters just kind of meet at this kind of weird kind of transitional halfway point in their life. And, uh, really connect and it's a little bit just like relating to each other enjoying each other's company a little bit of traction a little bit just like loneliness on both their parts totally and uh it just kind of unfolds from there i think that's like i feel like if i said any more i'd be like spoiling some some tasty stuff so that's the The way that i the way that the like one line little like pitch that i'll give to people who haven't seen the movie or like don't know what it is i'll say 
I wrote it down so I didn't fuck this up. Uh, what is it? A story about a man who wants to go but needs to stay and a woman who wants to stay but needs to go. Mm. Oh, fuck. I will like, try and tell people Hell about yeah, brother. Because it's like, that's really what it's about. Like, both of them want he john cho's character does not want to be there because it is very hard and painful for him to deal with this situation as it would be for anyone who's you know family member close immediate family members in the hospital not sure if they're going to make it out alive or not and then you have this girl uh well he also he also has like a you know like a strained relationship with his father it sounds like there was some estranged strainment there potentially with his uh relationship with his dad and then you have Haley richardson's character who feels a sense of duty and obligation to stay with her mom for reasons i don't want to say because it's a really interesting reveal in the movie how we get to that so that's what is worth <laughs> seeing and not talking yeah. about i think yeah but she needs to go in order to live the life that she wants for herself you know she's there out of a sense of duty and obligation when that's the only thing keeping her there really at the end of the day is her fear of like what's going to happen if i leave you know when really the what the life that she the life that's waiting for her is out there which i know is like cliche and maybe tacky to say but it's true you know there's a lot out there for her and she's clearly a very intelligent person a very driven person uh and maybe some people don't see it in the town but we do the audience audience. sees it in the town and we love that about her um, is there anything worth say- else saying about this movie? Because I do got some fast facts for us. Not just about the movie, but also about Columbus, Indiana itself. I just... Uh, what? Go ahead, Marin. Oh, I was just going to say that like you bring her up, and I just love that like all like the actors in this movie like they all just have like such like good just like emotional faces like there's just so many scenes mm-hmm. of her just like reacting and pondering and thinking and watching and i just like paused so many times and i was like god like such like a like i don't know as someone who like makes movies in, like very like small scale way i'm just like what just like a good sure. like emotional like face you know where you can yeah. just like yeah. show her like watching or listening and just i'm like ooh. And she just has this, like, cute little just, like, moon face. And everyone in it is, like, really, like, pretty, but not, like, in, like, an exhausting, like, Hollywood way. Like, I like that about it, too. There's, sure. like, a lot yeah. There's a lot of, like, beautiful people in it, but it's not, like, kind of, like, the kind of, like, really glossy, contemporary kind of beautiful that you see in, like, more of, like, a mainstream American film. It's, like, more, like, beautiful people that you can conceptualize, like, knowing in your life. Exactly. Which also sure. I just, like, loved about it and... I don't know. I just a lot of good a lot of good faces in this film. Huge, great movie for faces. I love uh, I love when you pointed out the um, uh, that this film has like a, a real respect for just like working people and the people that like make this place look pretty. Um, really good casting for just like um, kind of uh, uh, Haley Lou Richardson's mom's co-workers just like finding just totally. regular Midwestern. This is a great uh, for for my little Midwest. I love the Midwest. I love just the modest people of the Midwest, the good modest people of the Midwest. Uh, and this is a movie that I think captures um, that kind of just there's a, when it gets late summer and it's just green and you just see the light coming through the leaves on the ground on the sidewalk. Brother doesn't get much better than that. I love that. And this is a huge vibey movie like that. I, I this is a very comforting movie to me. Um, totally. Uh, it's it's uh, 
I don't have much more to say before we get into like kind of wrap up stuff. So Noe, I'm ready for some fast facts if you got them, Chef. Oh, let's go. Let's snow us fast facts. We need a fucking theme for that. Maybe I'll make a theme song for the fast That'd facts. Be lit. Uh, that would be fucking lit, dude. I agree. Uh, that would be litty. <laughs> <laughs> It'd actually be kind of litty if we had one. If any fans out there want to make us a fucking theme, or maybe I'll do it myself. I don't care. Uh, Haley Lou Richardson was offered the part after the director's wife saw her on Law and Order. Wow! Wow! Fast fact <laughs> number cool. one: that is unexpected. The film was. It was on a hey, listen, I'm yeah, <laughs> doing my fucking job over here. Uh, the film was shot on location in Columbus, Indiana, over 18 days from July 31st, 2016 to August 20th, 2016. Hell yeah, shooting a movie in 18 days, very hard, especially yeah. one that is feature length. Shooting a movie is hard in general, shooting an independent feature is insane. Uh, over 18 days, forget a movie about that it. looks. This with this precise of cinematography and like kind of design, it was got to have been uh, wow. That's very impressive. It is, uh, and just getting those locations, you know, at the end of the day, just like being able to get access to these locations, like makes the movie. I think, in a lot of ways, um, Kogonada was inspired by Ozu, particularly his 1951 film Early Summer, incorporating Ooh. elements of his style and shot selection into Columbus. He notes the similar use of negative space, explaining that quote architecture is the structuring of emptiness, which he compares to that of human emotion. That's a very interesting quote. Do you guys have any thoughts on that quote where he says, what does he say? Architecture is the structuring of emptiness. It's kind of nice. Yeah. I'm just kind of, kind of let that simmer. Yeah. Yeah. As much like human emotions also from a Coconato original. Uh, it says, uh, it's just like, that's like the rest of the, the, the line that I found, which is, which oh, he okay. compares to that of human emotions. Gotcha. Among, cool. basically, among the famous modernist buildings that feature in the film are the First Christian Church by Elil Saarinen, I believe is how you say it. I'm about to butcher the fuck out of some of these names. Uh, Irwin Union Bank, Miller House, and North Christian Church by Elil's son, Aero Saarinen and the Cleo Rogers Memorial Library by the famous I.M. Pei. Koganada visited Columbus on holiday, inspired by the city's architecture. He stated, quote, he deeply wanted to be a part of the first film made there. He describes the buildings there as having a, quote, extraordinary, precise premise for drama, and that the architecture of which forms a common ground between Jin and Casey when they are first introduced. Yes, chef. Kogonada is a South Korean-born American filmmaker known for his debut film Columbus, as well as his video essays, which we briefly mentioned. Short videos which analyze the content, form, and structure, blah, blah, blah. His video essays often highlight a particular aesthetic used by the film directors. He's a regular contributor for Sight & Sound magazine and is frankly, frankly commissioned by home video distributor The Criterion Channel to <laughs> create supplemental videos for their releases. Koganada's identity is nearly unknown, wishing to keep his identity anonymous, although he does attend screenings of his work, and he explained in an interview through email for Filmmaker Magazine, I like Chris Marker's idea about your work being your work. I've also never much identified with my American name, which always feels a little strange to hear, and I'm quite fond of heteronyms. The moniker is taken from Kogonoda, who is a frequent screenwriter mm -hmm. for Yasujiro Ozu. Or was a frequent screenwriter for Ozu. Ozu's dead. J. Irwin Miller, second CEO and nephew of co-founder of, ready for this? Cummins, Inc. 
the Columbus headquartered diesel engine manufacturer, instituted a program in which the Cummins Foundation, which Mason is a lifeline <laughs> lifetime member of the Cummins Foundation. I'm on the board, brother. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Uh, <laughs> paid the architect's fees, provided the client, selected a firm from a list of compiled firms by the foundation. The plan was initiated with public schools and was so successful that the foundation decided to offer such support to other nonprofit and civic organizations. The high number of notable public buildings and public art in the Columbus area designed by such individuals as Aero Saarinen, I.M. Pei, Robert Venturi, Caesar Pelli, and Richard Meyer led to Columbus earning the nickname Athens on the Prairie. And then last mm. fast fact, Mason, to debunk your idea that good, uh, honest folk come from the Midwest. In the July 2005 edition of GQ magazine, Columbus was named one of the 62 reasons to love your country. Seven buildings constructed between 1942 and 1965 are historic landmarks, and approximately 60 other buildings sustain the Bartholomew County seat's reputation as a showcase of modern architecture. Some of the notable folks from Columbus, Indiana include Uh-oh. Lee H. Hamilton, member of the U.S. Congress and co-chair of the nine. 11 commission so that is pretty fucking sick if you ask me uh also we have jamie heinanen from mythbusters is from columbus indiana yeah for real is he the one with the mustache i never watched that show. yeah yeah he's the one with the mustache and then of course former governor of indiana and former vice president mike pence is from columbus indiana so another astounding person from the midwest and uh, Chuck Taylor of Chuck Taylor's by Converse is from Columbus, Indiana. So Very cool. another designer in another capacity from. Well, that explains why there's there's just a 15 second shot of a big Chuck Taylor uh, in this movie. <laughs> John Show running around pointing at his pelvis. I'm coming in this. Just running around, just pointing at it, going, "Am I coming right now?" It's one of the more it's one of the weirdest parts of the movie that I didn't think we were gonna bring up. But hey, Mason, uh, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, Marin, were you here last time we did Mercedes Valuable Player? We did, yes. Okay. Well, then what is your Mercedes Valuable Player for this movie? God, that's so hard. That's a really tricky one. You're making me go first, too. Um, I, I, listen, Mason or I can go first if you want to think about it, because I got mine all ready to go. You got yours ready yeah, to go? I, ha- I have to think for a moment. I got to let you guys go first. Okay. Mason, all go right. for it. Mine, I'm going to give mine to the cinematographer and the camera and electrical department. Uh, it's particularly just because they make this thing look so damn pretty. I highlighted this scene. It's a very short little shot of, um, it's towards the beginning of the movie. John Cho's just getting to the end and he opens this uh, like armoire or closet or something. And his dad's jacket is hanging in the, in the uh, hanging up there. And then he pulls his hat out and the hat is like illuminated and then he like it drops and it's back in the shadow. And I'm like, damn, this must have been a bitch of a light setup to get up. <laughs> so kudos. Wanted to give kudos to the cinematographer uh, and their steady eye. I have their name here. It is Elisha Christian. Uh, and then the uh, camera and electrical department, the eight credited people in the camera. <laughs> here we go, department. baby. Let's do it. Matt Blair, still photographer, Mary Fawcett, key grip, Mike Gibson, best boy electric, Justin Hughes, gaffer, Dolly Hurst, Dolly grip, Nancy Yu King, electrician, and uh, Esther Woodworth, first assistant camera. That was that. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Love the camera and electrical department. Let's so go, my Mason. MVP is the camera and electrical department for this film. Noe, who is your MVP for this movie? You know I gotta do a co-Mercedes Valuable Player for this, you stupid piece of shit. Ooh. You know that I gotta do a co-Mercedes Valuable Player for this. Uh, first Mercedes Valuable Player will go to the subtext that the actors and script provide. There are scenes of this movie 
that are just textbook examples of how to use subtext. Uh, I think the scene between uh, Haley, Ru- Haley Lou Richardson's character and her mom uh, toward the beginning of the movie where they're talking about the soup. Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, pretty amazing. And maybe you don't know it if you're watching the movie at first, but on a rewatch, ooh, that is good. Ooh, that scene is good on the subtext. And then my other, which of course, are the beauty of space, whether that is the location and how it's framed, just the beauty of space and the beauty that buildings can have even when you don't see them as traditionally beautiful. They can be beautiful within the space that they're in and in the setting that they're in. Uh, And it is something that I very much look forward to in a post-pandemic world, just being able to walk around a space, uh, not having to worry maybe about getting infected and just looking at the buildings and just enjoying yeah, the space that we're in. So those are my Mercedes Valuable Players. Marin, you, it's time, baby. You got to hit time. us with that. What do we got? Um, mine is Haley Lou Richardson. I think it was such a Let's good go. role for her. I you think she, like, is one of those movies where, like, her character just, like, fits seamlessly, like, into the tone and style of the movie. She's not, like, a stark personality in it, but she stands out so much. Like, she just did a great job. I want to see her in more things. Like, yeah. I was very impressed by her. Hell yeah. Mason, what do you you recommend this movie to people? Full recommend. Buy the Blu-ray. Yes. Okay, all right. He's got the Blu-ray again. Third time's the charm. That's so fucked up, Mason. (laughs) That is fucked up, dude. Yes, Marin. That is fucked up. Agreed. I love that we're on the same page about that. This is a full recommend for me as well. Uh, Easy full recommend. Actually, one of the best... Actually, one of the best movies ever made, I'll say it. Uh, Marin, do you recommend this movie to folks? Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's a it's a slowie, but um, it's a good one. <laughs> it is a little slow. I was actually surprised. I remember it not feeling as slow when I first watched it, but I think it's because it's so stark and so gripping as far as like just visually what you're seeing that I like didn't realize how much yeah. time had gone by. But I agree with you. It is a little on the slow side. Yeah, it's a very minimal movie. It's giving you a lot with a, a with few elements, and for that you just have to uh, chef's kiss it. Yeah, but Aaron, no. how did you watch this this motion picture? I watched it on Canopy, <laughs> okay. one of my one of my favorite um, streaming services that is free with your library card. I am a huge Canopy fan. You can find all sorts of like both like obscure movies on there, but also just like good like new stuff like. I watched, like, the Emma Goldman play on there, and that was incredible. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, wow. like, Canopy Rules. If you have a library card, see if your library is involved in the Canopy deal. Because yeah. they, like, have this all the not, A24 yeah, movies. A, <laughs> like, it's crazy. They, Yeah, this is not a paid promotion, by the way. This is a legitimate Marin... Because uh, I thought that you could not find this movie streaming anywhere, which is a big bummer. And then Marin found it on Canopy... And we have to give a special shout out to Canopy. So get a library card, get Canopy. Yeah. Watch Go to the library when you movies. can. Go to the freaking library. Yeah, that's another thing I'm looking forward to post-pandemic is just being able to sit in the goddamn library. I just walk around, look at, the, look at the books, see what you got. Just being able to take yeah. your time in a space and not feeling like, okay, I got less than 15 minutes to be in this space or I'm going to yeah. catch fucking COVID-19. Um Canopy's great, and I think a lot of libraries uh, are partnered with them. So more than likely, more likely than not, your library, your local library is partnered with Canopy. I believe, at least for a time, L.A. libraries were 
Uh, they are. Um, I still have my LAPL library card hooked up to Canopy, so that's how I'm getting Canopy in this day and age. Let's fucking yes, go, King. baby. Yeah. Shout out to Canopy. Yes, King. Yes, Queen. Uh, speaking of yes, Queen, uh, should we talk about the album now? Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about the album. <laughs> so this is uh, 2016. Uh, Zenia Rubinos's Black Terry Cat. Snap, 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 snap. Chat here. Um, this was an album. I posted a song on my Instagram story, I think, in July or August from this album. And Marin was like, if I ever come back on the show, I want to talk about this album. <laughs> if and I so, ever come back on this or show. Or when, whenever. <laughs> and so it was getting time to pick the album for this week. And Zenia Rubinos just had a new song come out. I think she has an album that she's teeing up for. Because she had a single came out late, late last year, one that just came out about a week or so ago. So she was fresh on my mind. I suggested we bring this album on, Black Terry Cat. And then I thought, wait a minute. If we're bringing this album on, I have to bring back on Marin. So Marin, welcome back to the show again. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> to talk about Black Terry Cat by Zenia Rubinos. Well, you know, Nelly, I... Nelly, here's my question. Oh, go for mm-hmm. it. I was going to ask if Noah has any uh, history with Zenia Rubinos first, though. None. This was a brand new name to me. Gotcha. So, Marin, what's your history with Zenia Rubinos? Very cool. Well, um, you know, it's funny. Um, I um, stumbled upon her music because um, my friend um, was playing um, the song Mexican Chef in the car a lot when we were, like, driving around together. And, Hell like, yeah. I was, like, I never really, like, heard any of her music before. And it just, like, gave me pause. Like, because, I don't know. It's good to have a friend that I, I love car rides. I love just, like, being in the car, vibing. I don't drive, so I probably I probably feel differently if oh, I was the one okay. in the driver's wow. seat. But I love just, like, sitting in a car, like, listening to some music, like, looking out the window. And it was one of those songs it's where... You being the friend that's in charge of making the music, of making the playlist for the car. Yeah. See... If it's like if it's Hell the man. ideal friend, I feel like you're like collaborating a little bit, or like you both like are on there the same go. wavelength. Like your friends like putting on the music, and mm, you're like, mm, like yeah, my, maybe not what what I would have picked, but like <laughs> I'm feeling sure. it. Like definitely, you, you like get, yeah, you're cool. just completely in sync. You're like, oh fuck yeah, dude. Okay, let's fucking go. Yeah, and sometimes music just sounds like so much better, like in the car versus like if you're totally. listening to it like in like a static yeah. space. Like it's even distinct from like. Listening to music on the train, listening to music on the bus, listening to music in the car, all completely different vibes. Like, the first time that I heard the, uh, the, like, follow-up, like, Mount Erie album to, like, A Crow Looked at Me, like, in a car, in nature, sobbing, you know, like, like, vroom, Mm. vroom, like, it's, it's the best. So hearing it in that- I usually, I, I was just gonna, I try and usually listen to every album for this in the car, because, uh, I drive, not a brag, uh, <laughs> but a little bit of a brag. <laughs> a little bit of a little bit. I, Mason's got the Blu-ray. I've got the driver's license, <laughs> but I don't, I don't have it on me because I put my wallet in a separate room so that I'm, I don't, don't have to think about sports betting because I'm also cripplingly addicted to sports betting. Uh, that's a joke. Just Chris is that, um, but maybe me one day. Uh, but I try and listen to every album for this show in the car if I can. But I will say these headphones that I'm wearing right now. Got these as a birthday present at the beginning of the year. I'm a Capricorn, if that matters to anyone listening to this. Uh, it, it shouldn't. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> shouldn't matter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I got these as a present, and they have changed my life. I will just sit in a chair and listen to music now because these headphones are that good. So investing in a good pair of headphones, absolutely worth it, I think. I think it pays off in dividends. But that's just, hey, maybe that's just me. 
I I would have okay. to agree. My old headphones <laughs> they broke. Um, they were like I'm pretty sure they were like children's headphones, but they fit me. But they were like earmuffs, and they were fluffy, and they had little bunnies on the end. They were so cute. They like because it gets cold in Olympia, awesome. you know. So I like take the bus, and I had my little sure. bunny bunny earphones and they sounded like fine they sounded okay they sounded like the earbuds that like come with your iphone but they're shaped like little rabbits and it was awesome so i need to invest in some non-rabbit actual high quality headphones eventually absolutely absolutely are you are you a earbud person over over the ear or do you like over the ear over the earbud I prefer over the ear. I'm wearing earbuds right yeah. now because I like to like have one yeah. in, have one out. Like it's too like it's too loud. It's like sensory overload having both of you in my ear like at the same time. Like I have to have like one that's ear yeah. in my apartment, yeah. like one ear, no one meets in. Like that <laughs> that's ideal. Yeah. I get that. I usually if, if I if it was possible I wouldn't be wearing headphones at all and I'd just be talking over Mason yeah, the I entire time. That- Right, right, right. I am only worthy of a third of anyone's attention at any given time. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you are what Mark Zuckerberg was talking about in the social network. He's like, you have the minimal amount of my attention, and it's you sitting across from him at the deposition. So that's well, cool. That's, that's actually somewhat interesting. Yeah, it sucks for Mason. Um, yeah, but yeah, like Mason said, I don't have any experience with this album uh, at all, except or prior to this show, I should say. I never even heard. Are we saying Xenia or Xenia? What are we saying? It's a Xenia. I think it's Xenia. 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 Like okay. I, okay. I've never the heard. I A is like a Y A kind of, and then like the X is like kind of like a Z, kind of like a Z, like. Yeah. Yeah. No, we never. Yeah, no, we never saw uh, James Bond Goldeneye. Oh well, I didn't either. Oh, well, there's a character I'm in that saying. movie. That's what there's I'm a character saying. in that movie, Z E N I A, and she's the uh, she's the evil Bond girl, and her name is Zenya Anatop. Oh and, wow! Uh, I saw that movie when I was seven years old, so <laughs> we don't have to talk about that anymore. <laughs> well, it clearly stayed with you because uh, you brought it up on the show. Um, but I but then there's also like, isn't Xenia Warrior Princess a thing, or Xena Warrior Xena. Princess? Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah, I think okay. it's X E N A for her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's Xena, but this is Xenia. Is what we're saying. Yeah. Xenia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're saying Xenia War. We're saying Xenia Warrior Princess Xenia Rubinos. Yeah. yeah. Had no experience with this album prior to the show, uh, and I will just say, I was a little worried to talk about this one because I don't know how to describe this album. Really, it's very singular. It is very. I don't even know what the right word is. It's hard to describe. Like when Mason and I, when you were t- when we were talking to Sienna about uh, East by Joanna Newsom, I was like, how the fuck do I talk about that album? That album is so dense and so like oh, insane. Oh, I love and that I, album. It's a great album, but yeah. it was just like, how do I talk about this? This is like, I feel like I have like not even scratched the surface. <laughs> and I sort of feel that way about this one as well, but more so in like, a, where do I even start? type thing you know like it's a like this is so diverse and so varied in not only the instrumentation but just in the way that she's singing it like changes from track to track I feel like so I feel like there's a lot to talk about but Mason why did you pick this album over anything else um I so my history is uh 
Xenia Rubinos. Uh, 2016, her, not this album, but her song from her previous album, the song Hair Receding, yeah. was on my Discover Weekly playlist. It was a big song that I listened to when I was running the track at the uh, LA LA Fitness. Uh, we just put that on just to kind of run around a little bit. This album I didn't hear until I think the earliest liked track from this album was on my Spotify in like 2017. So it probably was like, a, oh, I'm seeing this getting floated around a little more. And I think that might have been Lonely Lover. And um, I can't remember if that was another time when I just listened to the album kind of just all the way through out of curiosity, liked a couple of tracks and then forgot about it. But this song was back on my radar uh, over the summer. Um and just like I also popped back into my Discover Weekly, and I was like, wait, I remember this album. And I mostly remember the album cover. It's a very striking album cover. And I was like, I want to listen to this album again. And I did, and I was like, wait a minute, this whole album actually rocks. And then, like I said, she had a new song come out, her first new music, I think, in like four or five years since this album. And I was like, it's time to get this get this album on people's radar, because I think it's good as hell. Um, and like you know, I was listening to this, and I'm just like, yeah this is kind of this is one of my favorite kind of just rock or just albums i guess in general where it's kind of unquantifiable what exactly it is like you're just listening to a musician or a group of musicians just like kind of hash out on a bunch of instruments and just like make songs and make music and this is an album that doesn't demand it gives you a lot for the amount of time that it asks for like it asks for less than 45 minutes and i feel like I got a lot of just like emotion and kind of just like thought and just kind of other consideration out of it. So I thought it would be good show material. I knew Marin liked this album and I wanted to bring Marin back on the show. Yeah. So um, I guess now we just go over to Marin. Marin, <laughs> so you, this album was introduced to you through the song Mexican Chef. Yeah. Um, did you come to the album itself at a later time? Like what was in between? Um, well, I would just like. Exposure? He would, uh, he would, like, put it on, and I just, like, every time I listen to it, like, I love that it's, like, a really, like, funny and, like, dark song at the same time, and I just, like, thought it was really smart and groovy, and so I eventually, like, looked it up, like, just, like, looked up the lyrics, because sometimes, like, if someone's playing something I like, I'm, like, really bold, and I'm, like, who's this, you know, and talk about it, but other times, like, I'll just, like, kind of, like, shyly, like, look up the lyrics and, like, find out, like, what my like, friend is Oh, this is, is mine to. now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure, like, everybody does that. I mean, I had a friend, like, a similar thing. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was, like, you know, recalling back to my previous episode, like, I was, like, playing, like, Torres for her a lot, and, like, she didn't, like, say anything ever, so I didn't, like, realize that, like, she, like, went and, like, looked up Torres and, like, also became a Torres fan, but sometimes it's, like, you know, you want to, like, be talking about, like, other shit, you don't want to, like, make it a thing, I don't know if that's, like, absolutely insane, but, um, I don't know, that's what happened, <laughs> that's what happened, and so I, like, looked it up and, like, listened to the whole album, and, yeah, I love the, um, the album cover, you know, it's this little girl, like, like, a big toothy smile, awesome. it just... It's very memorable. Yeah. And um, I see the way I would talk about this album is I think it's in the weird kind of scattershot like category of like dorky girl pop music. I feel like people like don't mm. like put it together with that stuff because like um, she is like a but woman of color. I have... But um, I like mm -hmm. I consider it sort of like in the canon of something like Coco Rosie or like La Tigra, you know. The way that it's, like, very mm, okay. poppy and, like, very, like, it's kind of, like, lo-fi, you know? It's, like, a pretty, like, basic kind of album and, like, it, 
the lyrics are very like smart and confessional and silly and dorky so i kind of like i don't know i would honestly like put her in like the same category as like debbie mccallion and like her work i know that like might sound like kind of unexpected but that's just how i like kind of like mentally consider her i i put her in the same and this is big i think coming from me but i put her in the same like kind of sort of just category in my brain as like someone like saint vincent i knew like, you were gonna I say think that is, like, i knew you were gonna super say that talented like dude. super talented musician um you know really i think just his fun playing in the form and just every single song that they make is just like only they can make it you know and especially with um i kind of pointed out the St. Vincent song Pills is a point of contention for some folks. I really like that song a lot, and it kind of reminded me of Mexican Chef. It, Mexican Chef predates Pills, the song, but I was like, oh, I like that. This is putting me on some kind of St. Vincent tip, and I really, really like yeah. it. Yeah. See, I, I think the... that's like, that's fair. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> the lyrics? But I like that girl, dorky girl pop, though. I like I like that that's, I, 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 I like that category, though. That's That's great. The lyrics in this were sort of something I think that jumped out to me immediately because like you were saying, Marin, they are very, they're playful in the sense that like they are sarcastic at times. They are, you know, a little ironic. They are coming from the point of view of characters, you know, like it's not always maybe Zenny Rubinos saying these. Maybe it sometimes is a different person, you know, saying these lines or sometimes maybe it is her speaking, you know, these lyrics, but they are very biting at times i think that last song uh on the album how strange it is is very biting and very like yeah hey dumbass like you know maybe it's actually not so strange that uh racism and sexism exists maybe it's not actually so strange uh that like this is actually happening you know so like you know it is they were that like really stood out to me and i just remember like as i'm going through the album that mexican chef even Lonely Lover, I feel like, even though that one is a little bit more, like, straightforward, there is, like, maybe a little bit of a badge of honor that, like, she uses with that song of, like, yep, yeah, like, you know, I uh, I have romantic relations, I have romantic feelings, but at the end of the day, like, I still feel lonely sometimes within those romantic relations. I still feel lonely in this sea of, you know, romance that we're all trying to swim through. So the lyrics are definitely, I think, a bright spot on this one for sure. I think the whole album is very good, but I think especially the lyrics uh, at at times are very biting and very ironic and very sarcastic. But the whole thing just fucking grooves. I mean, I feel like as far as, like, the types of sounds that we're hearing – I think we got some funk in there. I think we've got some salsa in there. I think we've got some R&B in there, some soul, and a little bit of rock and roll, mate. I think we got in there as well, mate. So I think there's like a whole bunch of different like uh, sounds in there. And like you were saying, Mason, I knew you were going to bring up St. Vincent from the fucking start because you love that shit. I'm still not on the St. Vincent train, but I also don't like try and be on the St. Vincent train either. Like, I have not right. gone any further other than actor when we covered that back. Did we do actor pre-pandemic or... That was a pre-pandemic show. God, that was one man. of our... Yeah, you were still in... You were still in your place in... Yeah, 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 because... Uh, yeah, that was a pre-pandemic show. Fuck, we talked about... Yeah, fuck, man. Uh, but, yeah, this is a very... You just It's, like, the best thing I think that you can say about something like this is you just have to listen to it to fully understand it. We could sit here and mm-hmm. talk about 
this or that or the lyrics or the you know variety of sounds and you know i think she's got a great voice too like i think everything about this is just sort of popping but we could sit here all day and talk about it we would never even get close i think to like describing just how uh idiosyncratic and how specific this album is so i think that's like the highest compliment i can give it it's kind of like how i feel about when i'd like when people ask like oh what's e2 mama tambien about I feel like it's just like you just have to see that movie to like fully understand yeah. what that movie's about. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of there's other movies like that as well, obviously, but I feel that way about uh, Black Terry Cat. Um, does anyone any any other any other crazy well, things? What's your guys' What are your guys' favorite tracks off of this this here album? Um, Damn, I love Lonely Lovers at the yeah, top. Yeah. I think I for love sure. That song too. How, how strange it is. Uh, like I was saying before, I really like the uh the irony and the sarcasm that come across in those lines you know the very biting mm-hmm. satire i think uh from there and then you know mexican chef i think as well is you know extremely biting satire as well it's like hey guess what a lot of the things that you just sort of take for granted uh are being done by uh people of color and by people that maybe you wouldn't actually give a shit about if they weren't you know cooking a meal for you or driving you around or blah 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 or whatever so uh, I think those three are one of the ones that stand out for me the most. But even stuff like Black Stars, you know, is just yeah. pops and hits in like all the right ways. When it's not as like so, it's not as socially conscious of a song. It still is like, damn, this fucking hits. This fucking rips either way. So I think those three that I mentioned are top for me. What about you, Marin? What hits for you? I love Black Stars. Like, is honestly like um. Before I did this episode, like, I returned to the album, like, front to back, but, um... Sure. That was, that's, like, kind of the one that I'll listen to, like, most often, like, a la carte, you know? Like, just throw on just, like, black stars, because it is, I love just how, like, layered it is. I think it sounds really cool. I love, like, in my, like, happy, like, um, sunny day playlist, I have, like, See Them on there. Sure. And, like, a a few, like, the kind of more, like, kind of groovy kind of kind of songs on there because there's some like very much like riding your bike type songs on this album where you're just like oh like feeling happy and um yes i also i love clown laugh like um i think that song i love clown laugh too goes from being really like funny and kind of like talking about like like you know like body hair and like this very like sincere but also totally not like way where I don't know. I don't really like hear that like a lot like in music. And so it always just like gives me pause when I see it like in music or like in media, you know, like women like talking about like plucking their mustaches and eyebrows because so it's so stigmatized to be a hairy woman. <laughs> but um, and then should, the song... they should all be banished and put on an island by themselves. And then the island should burn. To the island. I think personally, maybe that's just me, but uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you say that women should burn on an island together. That is the worst thing I could have interrupted. That's with. not an official position of it's on Noah? the list. That is not a, a duly endorsed position of the show. Yeah. Me canceled. Finally. So freeing to finally be fucking from the ch- from the shackles of cancel culture i will rise again from the ashes baby sorry keep going i'm happy to hear that you will be opening for chris delia on his next show it's pronounced uh, delia but keep going chris delia. <laughs> your fave is problematic uh, Noah Marger. <laughs> finally i'm a problematic fave thank fucking god dude thank fucking god um 
Mason or Marin or whoever it is. Mason, what do you like on this album? What do you like? I like, just like I, I think is a really great, just aggro rock song about like the intensity of like, just like I, I, I love, I kill you. I think is a really great rock line. And that's a little touch of rock and roll there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Clown laugh was also one or laugh clown or whatever. Like on this re-listen was like, Oh man, like, no, this song is also really good. I ended up giving a heart to most of this album. Actually. Same. Um, Black stars, of course, Mexican Chef, of course, and definitely How Strange It Is. I love that the album kind of, it could just as easily end with Now You're Being the Girl, and then it has this, this like weird kind of like epilogue with How Strange It Is that has this just abrupt ending that reminds me of The Sopranos ending, so it's also like, it's really Christ. cool. Love that. <laughs> um, it just like this kind of like topsy-turvy kind of like, because you feel like kind of settled into the end of the album and then all of a sudden she throws this like kind of topsy-turvy kind of almost whimsical song about just like how um, how out of sorts she feels just like living in this world. And I'm like, damn, like I just I really fucking vibe with it. I think it's really cool. I vibe with most of this album. I think most of this album is if not all of the albums really cool. Uh, and it was a treat to re-listen to it. Um not to get too far ahead of the recommendation just yet, oh, but that's how I think. That's boy. how I feel. He got a little, he got a little ahead of the recommendation, Mason. <laughs> that's so nice. Uh, is there anything else worth saying about this album, or should we dive into some of those fast facts that we love so much? I oh sorry, I had it pulled up in the night. Uh, going to some fast facts. Uh, I was just gonna pull up some just credits for the album, just like Fine. The other people that got it together. Just pull them up. I'm pulling it up right now. Sorry, I just have to pull up the the bandcamp. So Zenia Rubinos is a multi hyphenate talent. She's credited for the vocals, keyboards, bass composer, and then bass on tracks three, five, eight, nine, eleven of this Jesus. album. Look it up yourself. Uh, Marco Buccelli, producer, drum percussion. Jeremy Lucas, recording engineer, uh, acoustic bass on How Strange It Is. Also, Sasha Ferrer Jones, the writer and musician, is credited as playing the electric bass on the penultimate track here. I don't know. I think just crediting credit where credits do a lot of cool folks got this album together uh, but a lot of it was just Zenia Rubinos which I think is also like really fucking cool that she can play all those instruments um, and make music that sounds good as hell so Noe well before I dive into the fire dive into the fast facts that everybody loves and that's our favorite part of the show Marin, any final thoughts on this album before we do the wrap up stuff um, my final thought is um, it's kind of just a random observation but um, to prepare for this episode, I watched her Tiny Desk concert, which was really fun because I'd actually oh, never, okay. I'd never oh, nice. seen her perform live. And like a lot of the songs, like her voice, like I knew it was beautiful, but like it's a, it's equally as gorgeous live. And she does all these crazy like facial expressions and like mouth movements that are just like, I, I post pandemic, yeah. I, I want to see her in concert. But a bunch of the comments, like multiple people we're saying that um, they want like system of a down to cover Mexican chef. And now I can't get that out of my oh, mind. Wow. wow. <laughs> like, at I first, was like, I, I was thought like, that that what? was going to be like a, I, <laughs> I thought that, that was going to be like a, like a, I saw a YouTube comment saying, and I like, was like bracing for the worst. Yeah. Like, Oh shit. What does a YouTube commenter think about Senia Rubinos? But then you said a good thing. And I'm like, okay, actually, yeah. The geniuses in the YouTube comments finally got one, right? Let's go. Yeah, no, it was a lot of like, just like, you know, I feel like it wasn't a typical like YouTube comment section. It was probably like a lot of like NPR people, like NPR subscribers that like probably comment on yeah. all of the Tiny Desk concerts. Like, wow, sure. I had never heard of this artist, but 
very impressive. <laughs> like, you know, like there was, yeah. um, there was a lot yeah. of like, very like kind of like prim proper comments it was in a very rude comment section you know but thank god that was kind of that was kind of one of the more um the more crazy ones it's a comment section with a 401k <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely was like people it was not it had no internet dweller like vibes to it it was definitely like ooh, this is and my little that's my awesome. little treat i go on youtube.com and watch the <laughs> tiny desk concerts and i respectfully type out Thank you, NPR, for showing me this fantastic new artist. There's no, like, there was no, no, no. Signing grind. their name at the end of the comments so that everyone knows their legal first and last name. Michael Smith loves watching the Tiny Desk concerts. Yeah. Very fucking cool. They probably, like, iron their shirts while they're still on in the morning because they can't fucking feel anything uh very cool all right some fast facts <laughs> let's let's do this stupid shit uh zenia rubinos was born in hartford connecticut in 1985 to a puerto rican mother and cuban father she studied jazz composition at the berkeley college of music shout out know some people who went there seems like a great place eric andre went there that is that is a bonus mm-hmm. fast fact for you eric andre went to berkeley college of music studied du- uh bass there i think he was an upright bass player so very cool uh, nothing to do with Zanny Rubinos, though, except for Berkeley College of Music. Uh, she spent most of her 20s acting as the primary caregiver for her father uh, as he dealt with a degenerative illness, which inspired the song Black Stars off the album mm. that we listened to today, actually. Uh, Rubinos' early musical influences include composers. Pro- is it Prokofiev? Is that how you say Prokofiev. it? Prokofiev. I Prokofiev. No, I think mm-hmm. you're right. Prokofiev and is it Ravel? Or are we just saying Ravel? Ravel. Yeah. Prokofiev and Ravel, as her father was a fan of classical music and opera. She also enjoyed salsa, rumba, and merengue, including releases by Fania Records, were popular in her house. Later, she became enthralled with hip-hop and R&B, in particular, Miles Davis, which led her to study jazz at Berklee College of Music. Inspired by her Latin American heritage and Santeria practices, she is also inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement and discussed her experience as a woman of color in her songs, but sees her music as larger and more broad, or not larger, but more as broader than protest music, which I think is an interesting distinction that she makes. It's like, yeah, it's broader than that, I think, which is cool. Uh, in regards to her process, she said, it's something I have a lot of fun with, just taking one rhythm- rhythmic figure and turning it around as many ways as I can. She goes on to say, that's a huge part of my compositional process, just messing around with something very simple and seeing how far I can take it. And I think if you listen to this album, you will be saying, yes, chef, uh, no shit, because that is basically (laughs) the entire album is like, let's take this one musical thing in each track and do it uh, until it can't be done anymore, but in a good way. Uh, And then lastly, when asked how she would classify herself, she said, I think it's a good problem to have. Although I do aspire to eventually concisely and clearly explain what it is I do, I'm not there at the moment. She goes on to say, I don't really think about genres, and I think that's why my music sounds the way it does. I'm thinking more about textures and sound and flavor, which is probably uh, what you should be thinking about instead, and not I yeah. am a R&B artist. I am eating oil because I am a robot. Like I think that you should just be, you should just be thinking about how to make the best music oh, oh, oh. in whatever. I am Claude Monet. I am the father of the impressionist. I am going to eat my oils and then paint. <laughs> That's I've never heard you do that before, bro. That is so fucked. That is so messed up. I love this is that. Such can you, a do, can you actually episode. It is. I feel so fucking. We're all feeling white. some kind of way. The, <laughs> the winter's thawed. The winter's thawed. The sun is out. I've been sitting on my back porch. I have. This is vitamin D, Mason. He's off the fucking chain. <laughs> Mason is unleashed from here and for eternity. 
Uh, that's Joe all the fast Marin. facts I got. Uh, Mer or not Marin? Mason, what is your Mercedes valuable player for this? I am just going to give mine very simply to Zenia Rubinos herself. Wow. I think it's kind of, you can't, um, one of those situations where uh, even if you don't know much about her, you listen to this and you're like, well, no one else could have made this. And I think that that's, uh, I think that she is a uh, underappreciated talent. And I think that she's someone to put on your radar, especially if she is teasing new music coming out as, as far as I can tell she is. Uh, full recommend this. Full recommend Zenia Rubinos, uh, Black Terry Cat. I'm also going to give it special catfish fuck bro fuck bro the catfish on black terry cat fuck i love this album yeah it's fucking good it's fucking good i love it i love it (laughs) so the catfish is a reference to the short film yearbook by bernardo brito and in that short film a man is tasked with um cataloging all of Earth's knowledge before aliens blow it up in three years, and every day his wife makes a catfish, and uh, that's for like kind of first thing that she for breakfast, and that's the thing that she does. And um, because he's so engrossed in his work and his task here, he doesn't appreciate the artistry of her catfish. And I give a catfish award to it. Something I think that is truly singular. Something that I think someone should be proud of making. That's my catfish for for this. That's how I justify it for this one. Yeah, I don't do that. Uh, my Mercedes yeah, valuable player. Uh, I got to give a co Mercedes valuable player to this motherfucker, and you know that I'm giving yes. it to one of those awards to her voice. I think her voice is awesome. I think you could easily give it to her lyrics or any musician or any like instrument that she plays. But I'm gonna give it to her voice. I think her voice is very distinct, very soothing in some ways even though some of the material is a little bit biting a little bit satirical but i think her voice is very soothing so that's good to my co-mercedes viable player for this and then i gotta give it up to marco buccelli on those drums man i think the drums hit hard on this especially in my cool headphones that i have to listen (laughs) i love the drums so gotta give my co-mercedes viable players to zenia rubinos's voice and the drumming from marco buccelli marin what is, or I guess I full recommend this as well. So, <laughs> I guess. I don't give a shit. Uh, Marin, what is your Mercedes Valuable Player, and do you recommend this album? I have to give it to the song, like, Mexican Chef. I just, I really like that song, and I think it encapsulates, like, what's, like, cool about the album. Because it's, like, sure. her voice sounds beautiful mm-hmm. on it. She sings in, like, she's sometimes, like, talking. She's sometimes, like, she sings in Spanish at the end, and it's beautiful. So, I just feel like it encapsulates everything I enjoy about the album. Like, it's smart, but it's also, like, super groovy. Like, you can dance to it, you know? Like, I'm a big fan. I think, like, that is, like, a great song to, like, start with for. And then if you're, like, damn, like, I, like, really Mm -hmm. dig this. Then, like, kind of move on to something, like, a little bit more experimental. Or sometimes, like, I feel like there's a couple songs, like, on the album that are more, like, conventional like indie or like conventional like r&b but when you like put them in the context of the album they like make sense but like i wouldn't recommend them like oh you're like first xenia song so you'd be like oh well like what's the hype like where's like the crazy like quirky genre bendingness and so i would go i would go mexican chef that's my that's my mercedes valuable player hell yeah and do you recommend this album? Oh, yeah, of course. That would be fucked up if oh, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, sometimes it happens. Listen, sometimes we get on this show and you're like, oh, this person has to say they recommend this thing, and then they don't. And you're like, that's fucked up that that happens. Yeah. So yeah. happens every once in a while, so that's why you got to ask. But 
guys, even though this was the most fucked up <laughs> episode in this show's history, we uh, made it to the end. So congratulations on making it to the end of the episode. Marin Moreno, thank you so much for joining us Marin. once again. Uh, you get to plug whatever you want. So go for it. Okay, for sure. I don't have um, I don't have anything like terribly exciting coming up. I don't know. Follow me on Twitter. I'm Hexican Princess, and on Instagram, I'm Small Cherry Limeade. I will have cool things happening eventually, so um, yeah. keep an eye on me. But yeah, not a lot going on. I feel like that's where everybody's at right now. True. Hell yeah. Uh, what do I got? <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, as always. Uh, at Noah Marger on Twitter, at Noah.Marger on Instagram. You can follow me on Letterboxd as well. Haven't been watching as many movies lately because guess what, dude? I've been listening to music instead. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, my favorite podcast, the podcast about people's favorite things. This week, I am talking to my good friend, my sweetheart friend, Maddie Ogden. Uh, she's a writer, producer, and actor. We are going to be talking about her favorite moments as a woman in media. So definitely mm. stay tuned for that one. A very, very good episode. Very excited for that one. Sort of rounding out women's, women's History Month with that. Wow. Uh, and then, yeah, wow. Uncanceled. I know. Wow. Get, yeah, I was just going to say, wow, Noah cuts, gets to come back in the very same episode. Redem- no, yeah, redemption arc. Redemption arc. Yeah, I'm like, I just, you took what happened to Fantano and just squeezed it into like two, like 20 minutes. It, that's, what's, that, that's me. I'm like, I'm Fantano in 20 minutes. Uh, and then, of course, your local government, YLG, Instagram, and YouTube, you're at YLG.world. Your local government comedy on YouTube, but that all is in the link tree that is in the description. So check that shit out. Mason, bring us home. You can find me on Instagram at HotDogDebicki. You can find me on Letterboxd under my name. Uh, you can also find me on my podcast, The Barna Podcast, about The Shield. I am hoping shortly, just I'm putting this on the record to keep me sort of motivated. I would hope to have more stuff of some kind to plug in the future. I don't want to just be the podcast boy. Um, so keep an eye out for that in case some new hotness drops from me. But otherwise, where are we at with what? the barn? Uh, very close to the end. We've recorded the penultimate episode, but not the final episode yet. So we uh, are very close Damn. to the end okay. on that one. Uh, which is weird. It's been a two-year-long project doing that, but we have something lined up after that that I'm also very excited nice. about. Nice. In any case, um, folks, as we say on the show, black lives matter, black trans lives matter, fuck the police, get outside, get some vitamin D, get your brain going good, get those legs moving, uh, or just get you know outside breathing some fresh air, tell someone you love them, and at the end of the day, we will see you all next time we see you.
Yeah, put you the end of that. 